Hello, and welcome to the Your Caring Docs podcast, where we provide general medical information about what's going on inside your body so you can feel well-informed. And who doesn't want that? But keep in mind, we are not making any diagnoses here. And if you are concerned, please contact your medical provider. Let's get started. Hello, 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 everyone. Yes. Hi, it's Dr. Tamar Beckford with Your Caring Docs. Yes, it's another Friday. So we are here to give you some great information. Yes. But before we go any further, I do want you to know that we do have a free video that's out there for you. It's called How to Get the Most from Your 15-Minute Doctor's Visit. The link for the free video will be in the comments, so you can download it. You can see, watch it. It's less than five minutes. It'll give you a guide as to things that you can use to prepare to get the most from those 15-minute doctor visits. And there's also a free companion PDF guide with it too. So get your free guide and get the most out of those visits, right? Here at Your Karen Docs, we are here to help you feel empowered, give you all this medical information, break it down so that you can understand what's going on so that you can take an active role in your medical care. Yes. So without further ado, let's go on to today's topic. So did you hear about this? Mm-hmm. This Dubuque woman was charged after a two-year-old that she was supposed to be taking care of ate a whole bag of marijuana gummies and then goes unresponsive. Mm-hmm. Unresponsive. Yes. It was all over the news, right? So there's another little issue that's at hand too. So this was in the New York Times. So the New York Times says that the big candy company, they are getting angry because a lot of the marijuana companies, they are making candy and then they're using the bags and the trademark that are similar to these big candy company. So if you look here, this is saying Starburst gummy, right? And this one is Cannaburst gummy. Mm -hmm. The bags are similar in color and in style, but one is infused with cannabis while the other is just regular candy, right? So with that in mind, we are going to go into our topic for today, which is pediatric poisoning. It's not what you might think, right? So when we're thinking of pediatric poison, what are we thinking of? Like the marijuana and the like narcotics and all the big things, but there are a lot of other things that can cause issues and cause pediatric poisoning. Yes. So why are we talking about this? Well, um, it's the summertime, right? Everyone's been locked down for almost like over a year. There are a lot of people who have not seen their family, grandkids, grandma, grandpa, right? Haven't seen little Susie, haven't seen little Johnny in what, 16 months? Now, little Johnny, the last time you saw them, they were probably what, four months old. Now they're going on two, 
right? So they're coming and they're going to be spending the summer with you, right? So we're having the summer, we're having kids and families going to visit each other, but not everyone is keeping in mind that there's some things that are in the house that can cause poisoning to the children. And that's what we're going to go over today, right? So Pediatric poisoning, here are some of the statistics. Between the ages of one and five, 80% of all the poisoning in the pediatric population occurs in those age, between one and five years old, yes. So when we have the statistics showing that between the ages of zero and one, most of the poisoning occurs by medication given by the parents. So this, these are all unintentional right? Unintentional poisoning. So the dosage is off, you know, and mom or dad is given this medication and boom, gives an accidental overdose. Now between the ages of two and three years, it's a lot of household cleaning pro products that are causing the overdose in that age range. We'll go over some of that. And then between the ages of three and five, there are medications. Medications that are in the cupboard, medications that were accidentally left out on the counter, the bottle wasn't closed properly. Yes, so that's what occurred during that age range, right? And then with the school-age children and adolescents, unfortunately, a lot of those children are using the medication for trying to commit suicide, which is pretty sad. We will have further topics later on because this is very important, right? With the pandemic and the schooling, you had virtual schooling. Um, a lot of kids weren't able to interact. They were unable to cope. So there is a lot of depression that has occurred because of this pandemic. So we will have that discussion in a further topic because I think it's very important, right? But today we're going to go over this pediatric poisoning. So there are some medications, like we said, that can lead to accidental poisoning. And there are things that we're not really thinking about, right? So Tylenol is one. Tylenol is really dose-based. So an adult Tylenol tablet can, even just one tablet, can be just too much for a, a very young pediatric patient, someone who is like six or seven, eight, nine months old, right? So it's important and we're going to actually have a particular topic on Tylenol overdose because within itself, that's a whole topic and we'll go over how it can cause liver failure. That's right. So we'll have that at a later date. The same thing with aspirin. Aspirin overdose is very, very, very important. It's so important. We'll have a separate topic on that also, how the aspirin overdose can cause a lot of metabolic issues within the kid or even any adult, right? So these are two tablets that are just very common. I mean, you just would pop one aspirin and call me in the morning. We've heard that phrase, right? But those aspirin bottles need to be kept away from the pediatric patients. Now, some other medications, we talked about Benadryl. We've had a discussion on Benadryl overdose. If you have not seen that topic, you can check it out on one of our previous videos for which we did Benadryl overdose. Some of that, they can cause seizures, right? So we don't want that. So we have to keep these medications away. Then we also have some of the prescribed medications, such as Norco. So a lot of patients for chronic 
pain. They might be um, getting prescriptions from Norco from their pain management doctors. The medication is there. Little Johnny, little Susie's coming to visit and you have not put it away or covered it properly. So what happens with narcotics? The narcotics causes respiratory depression, right? So it can cause respiratory depression within the child and that can cause, of course, breathing issues, right? If you're not breathing, you're not getting oxygen and that's not good. Now we have other heart related, if you're an older patient, if you're a heart patient, such as you have arrhythmias and you're on medications such as digoxin. Digoxin is a medication that's used for the heart. Now digoxin is a medication that has what we call a very narrow therapeutic window. What does that mean? It means that the medication works within a certain range, right? It's either if it's too low, it's not going to work. If it's too high, it causes a lot of issue. It just needs to be within this particular range. Now, you can imagine that as an adult, you have a medication that's set based on your weight, right? Now, if you have a pediatric kid who's taken that medication, you can see how it can cause a lot of issues with the heart, right? So that's one of those other things. Now we have some other blood pressure medications, such are medications that are used as patches, right? Those we call transdermal, um, trans through dermal, the skin, that's the application. So you're not taking it orally, but you're using it as a patch transdermally. One of the common ones is clonidine, right? So if you have that transdermal patch and you've taken it off, you've completed it, you've put it in a trash can, but the trash can is open, right? It's not closed and it's not disposed of properly. And then you have that, what, 14, 16 month old that's crawling around, opened up, and when they see this patch, put it in their mouth. That can cause an overdose. You can imagine if this medication is supposed to be going through the skin, can you imagine this little kid that's chewing on that patch, boom overdose there. Now we also have some people who are using medications such as insulin, right? So you inject that medication. Now insulin, what is insulin used for? It's used to bring the blood sugar down to a normal level. It's used in patients who are diabetic, right? If you're diabetic, your blood sugar on a regular is too high. And so the insulin, what does it do? It brings it down to a normal range. Now imagine if your blood sugar is already at a normal range, right? And they're taking this insulin, they accidentally prick their finger with this medication. It's going to bring the blood sugar down even more. And it can bring it down to dangerously low levels and that can cause coma, right? And probably even seizures. Right. So it's important to have all these medications put away, right? While you're having friends, family, their kids, you're enjoying your family time during the summer. Now there's some household products that are used that we're not even thinking about. Like, oh my gosh, right? The kids, we've cleaned up and have everything put away, ready for this family to come over and then boom, right? The bleach, bleach kids, like we said, around the ages of two to three, they're usually crawling around and opening all the cupboards. They see this bottle, boom, ingest the bleach, right? You have the detergent pods. Now, remember, there was this big craze out with um, the teenagers drinking and ingesting detergent pods. Now that of course is very dangerous, much less having a pediatric, which is a little kid 
two, three-year-old ingesting the pods, right? It can cause a lot of issue. There are also some pesticides, right? I mean, everyone's getting their garden together. Woo, the flowers are looking nice. We're trying to get the insecticides. Oh my gosh, let's get all rid of all these bugs that are around. So you're spraying your insecticides, you put it away, but you don't have it out of harm's reach for those kids. Now with these insecticides and also some of these pesticides, they can block the neurotransmitters within the kid's body, right? And therefore it can cause drowsiness, it can cause lethargy, and it can cause a lot of neurological um, issues during that time when they're being poisoned by that. Another thing, paint thinners and even Drano, like, you know, cleaners that are used to clean clogs. So Drano is very alkalinic, right? So what it does is that it actually is very erosive to the GI tract. So they drink a cup full of that and it can start to eat away at the esophagus, which is what you use to swallow and it can cause issues, right? So whenever we have any of these um, these issues with the household products, so these are poisons that can damage just children's gastrointestinal tract, that's from your swallowing all the way until you poop, that's the gastrointestinal tract, and it can lead to airway issues too, right? So if they're, swallow it and suppose they choke and it goes into the airway area, right? And then it can cause some erosive issues to their skin. If it splashes into their eyes, that can cause a lot of issues, right? So that's why we need to keep in mind that these are other ways that you can cause some accidental poisoning in the children. Now, another big thing is alcohol intoxication and that can lead to accidental poisoning. Now, when one thinks about alcohol intoxication, the first thing that comes to mind, right, is that you're like, okay, let me see. We're talking about beer and we're talking about um, beer and wine, right? So beer and wine. However, we have to keep in mind that there's some other agents that are around the house that can cause alcohol intoxication. Think about it. Alcohol is also used in perfume. So if you have your perfume bottle and the top isn't off, it's just one of those that you, you just put in all your little tender spots, right? But then you left the bottle open or it's in bottle that's easy to open. Then the kid goes swigs, boom, alcohol is within that. Another thing too that we have to keep in mind, her mouthwash. Some of the mouthwash has alcohol-based in it, right? So mouthwashes are out there. And then now we're in the era of sanitizers, hand sanitizers. So alcohol, a lot of alcohol is in within the hand sanitizer. So we have to keep that in mind and keep them out of the reach of the children because they will start to ingest that, right? And what happens when the child ingests the alcohol? It leads to low blood sugar right? So when the blood sugar goes low, the brain, that's how the brain functions off sugar. It needs the sugar, right? So if the sugar levels are low, 
then the brain shuts down and that's what a coma, right? And then it can also cause seizures within these children. So keep that in mind. Yeah, we're usually thinking about the beer and the wine, but think about some of those other products that are around the house that are alcohol-based, right? So nicotine is another thing that can lead to accidental poisoning. So when we're thinking of nicotine, we usually think about like the cigarettes, the cigars, right? So those are some common agents that have the nicotine, the tar or the, the chews, the tobacco chews, right, has the nicotine in it. However, we also have to keep in mind that there's some other um, contents that have nicotine that some are using, right? So e-cigarettes have become a big thing, right? E-cigarettes. And with that, they have liquid nicotine and that is very dangerous, right? So the liquid nicotine, if it goes on the skin, or if they ingest it, that can cause a lot of toxicity, right? So nicotine can cause issues. And keep in mind, there are a lot of nicotine gums that are around, right? So the kid might just think this is a regular chewing gum and he's chewing and ingesting all that nicotine. And then we talk about patches, which is another transdermal, right? Trans, as we said, through dermal, the skin. So transdermal ways of having nicotine. So if you have a nicotine patch and a child goes around and sees that and starts to chew on the nicotine patch, that is very dangerous. So what will happen? So the liquid nicotine and the nicotine patches, it can cause nausea, vomiting, and seizures within these kids if they ingest them right? Or even if it goes through the skin, because as we mentioned, the skin is the largest organ in the body, right? So it infuses and it things go through it and it just absorbs and goes within the bloodstream, right? So keep that in mind as you are going through the summer. Now, one of our last thing that we will discuss is button batteries. This can be a medical emergency, right? So you have button batteries. What are button batteries? Button batteries are batteries that are used within your watches. Like, yeah, they're very flat and they're disc-shaped batteries, right? As you can see, here's a picture of a button battery. It's disc-shaped. So with these batteries, you've used it in a monitor. Like some of the monitors that are around use this button batteries, right? You've replaced your monitor, you've taken out the old batteries, you put it down and you put the new batteries in, but you forget to dispose of the old battery and the kid is around and what happens? Boom, the kid goes and swallows that button battery. Now, why is this dangerous? Not only is it dangerous because the button battery can get dislodged, it will lodged within the esophagus, but when that occurs, the battery starts to break down. And in doing so, it's alkaline that's within that battery. So the alkaline is erosive. So it eats away at the esophagus, causes a hole in the esophagus, or it starts to burn the esophagus. Why is that important? You need the esophagus to swallow to ingest food, right? So if your esophagus is burned or there's a hole in the esophagus, that's actually very, very, very dangerous. And it can cause a very, very high mortality, which means that there's a high chance that someone will die if their esophagus ruptures, which is a hole in it, right? So if a child swallows a button battery, they have to get medical attention immediately. 
Now, how is this done? When they're in the emergency department, you can see an image is done, an x-ray, and here's an x-ray of a child that has swallowed a button battery and it's stuck right there in the esophagus. Now, at this point in time, this child will need to be seen by a specialist, which is a gastroenterologist, a GI specialist. What would that GI doctor do? They will go in with a scope and remove the battery. And it's important that it's done as quickly as possible. Why? Because we don't want the battery to break down the alkaline charges in it to break down and cause damage to the esophagus. That damage to the esophagus can later cause strictures which basically means that the esophagus gets scarred and then it causes problem with swallowing, right? Which is something we don't want and therefore they need to be seen immediately, right? Now, if any of you have ever or has taken care of a child or is taking care of a child this summer and there is any accidental ingestion of anything that we have mentioned, you call the Poison Control. The National Poison Control Center here in the United States, the number is 1-800-222-1222. I'll say that again. The number is 1-800-222-1222. Call the Poison Control Center why? They will keep in mind that information and they will also call the emergency department, right? Where as an ER doc, I take care of patients who have had overdoses and emergency. The poison control will contact the emergency department while you are en route and they will keep track of the case to ensure that everything goes to complete resolution, right? So make sure that you seek medical attention and call poison control if any of the above happens, any accidental ingestion in you or any child that you are taking care of. Now, I hope you like this information. Tell me if you do, hit the like button. Let me know what you took away from today's information. Leave a comment. Yes, comment, let me know. Do you know anyone who will benefit from this? Do you know anyone who has children, who are taking care of children, who are babysitting for the summer? Many of you have kids who are now going off their babysitting now, right? Many of you will be visiting family. Would you like to have the family be aware of some of the things that we can keep in mind in order for everyone to have a safe summer, right? So you share this info with those people, right? Share, right? Now I would also, whoa, 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 make sure that you do, do, do follow us on our YouTube channel, right? And our YouTube moniker is YouTube slash Your Karen Docs. That's U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S. So woo, 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 do not leave without subscribing and hitting that like button and the bing, ding button on our YouTube channel so that you're aware of all the info and you'll be the first to be alerted, right? I'm Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Caring Docs. I hope you enjoyed today's information on pediatric poisoning. I will see you guys next time for some great info. Take care. You have been listening to the Your Caring Docs podcast with Dr. Tamara Beckford. We hope you got some great info and we will see you next time.